Shalom, and welcome back to another episode of Shalom Learning's enlightening episode of Educate and Elevate, the podcast dedicated to empowering Jewish educators and their mission to create inclusive and diverse classrooms. I'm your host, Shira Sender, and I'm the Director of Client Care and Teacher Support with Shalom Learning. I'm so happy you're joining us today. Last episode, I mentioned Shalom Learning's DEI Professional Development Series and mentioned that in future episodes, we delve deep into the world of DEI work, exploring its relevance, its impact on education, and the practical strategies you can implement in your own teaching. Our DEI Professional Development Series is a testament to our dedication to providing the very best for our partners and, most importantly, supporting the whole educator. More information about this amazing professional development series can be found on our website, shalomlearning.org. That's S-H-A-L-O-M-L-E-A-R-N-I-N-G dot O-R-G. And navigating to the professional development tab. The link will also be included in this description below. So be sure to click and learn more. A little bit of an introduction. Today we are joined by Eliana Rubin, uses she they pronouns, and is currently the education manager of DEIB, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging, at the Jewish Education Project, working to make the world of Jewish education more affirming for all identities. They have a Master of Educational Leadership from Hebrew Union College, Jewish Institute of Religion, and a BFA in Drama from NYU's Tisch School, ETW, Experimental Theater Way. A leader in the world of Jewish education, Eliana focuses on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, DEIB. Additionally, Eliana is a singer-songwriter and producer focusing on storytelling through pop music. She's available on all streaming platforms, and I strongly encourage y'all to check her out. All right. Well, um, thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Educate Elevate podcast today. Um, Eliana, I've gotten to know you throughout the past year, and I am a big supporter of what you're doing for Jewish educators today and everywhere. So, Eliana, as you know, Shalom Learning has launched a DEIB, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Professional Development Series for um, this year. And we're asking all attendees to first sign up and participate in your DEIB e-course. Um, so I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit more about the e-course specifically today. Yeah. Um, wonderful. So first, um, can you can you share a little bit more about your motivation and inspiration with the course? What inspired you to create um, a DEIB course? One of the main uh, focuses of inspiration that I had was wanting to lift up and elevate the voices of marginalized identities within the larger Jewish population, as well as work to affirm all identities, both dominant and marginalized, to uh, help Jewish spaces foster cultures of belonging for all people. One of the ways that I wanted to accomplish this and that I believed we at the Jewish Education Project could accomplish this was through a, uh, 
a resource that was easily accessible and was able to be taken on one's own time. We as Jewish educators can be very, very busy, as we know. So yeah. I, um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure that, that the information was readily accessible and the educator, excuse me, that was taking it did not have to rush through anything. The information, while it can be very to the point, can also be a lot to process because although uh, it is super important for us to lift up marginalized voices, it may also create some interesting questions within ourselves. Um, and the e-course is designed to help better understand and learn directly from those marginalized communities. So uh, the e-course as it currently stands has five modules that focus on Jews of color, LGBTQ plus Jews, Jews with disabilities, fat Jews, and Jews in interfaith relationships. And we have a few more in the pipeline that will be coming out sometime next year in the first quarter or two. That's great. That's amazing. So I know I'm actually, I've gone through, going through the e-course now and I've noticed um, that that there's, there's so much there. There's so much to unpack. I feel that for me, the DEIB e-course has really opened my eyes both to concepts and ideas that I thought I knew a lot about and really, I've discovered that there is a lot of room for me to continue to work and grow. Also, some concepts that are a little uncomfortable and places I wish to explore more so that I can grow and I can learn professionally. I am wondering, um, who would you see? Who's the target audience for this e-course as you envisioned it? Yeah, it's a great question. The e-course is designed for any Jewish educator that would like to learn more about these marginalized groups. If we were to get into specifics, one might say that it's designed for educational leaders in spaces. So religious school directors, directors of lifelong learning, day school principals, to be able to then parse the information out and share it with their educators to be used for professional development sessions, to be used to uh, figure out how to make their classroom spaces more DEIB, and to allow for every person in the institution to have a similar understanding of certain identities, certain words that are utilized within those identities, things like that. That's great. Thank you. You know, Eliana, we face a lot, uh, we work with a lot of educators in lots of different places, lots of different um, places in their in their career, within the Jewish community. Um, and for, for some, exploring DEIB, um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, this is this is new for them. Um, and so we're encouraging um, our, our partners um, to take this e-course. What would you say to an educator who is overwhelmed um, by, by um, the modules, by the information that they're being, they're presented with? What would you say to them? Yeah. In, in my ideal world, I would be able to have a conversation with them and say, first of all, your feelings are completely valid. This is a lot of information. Is there anything specific that's overwhelming you? And the reason that I would want to ask that question is because I don't know if they're being overwhelmed by the sheer amount of new information. I don't know if they're being overwhelmed because the information that is provided might be going against something that they were taught or something that they believe or have learned. Um, I don't know if they are feeling overwhelmed because they don't know what to do with it. Um, so as a general 
thought process, I would say if you're feeling overwhelmed, that's okay. This information is not meant to be digested and perfected at once. One of the things that I love the most about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work, which is also, which can also be one of the hardest parts of it, is that it takes time. And being able to uh, watch someone or watch a group of people in real time start to digest the information and utilize it in ways that make their spaces more DEIB is beautiful. But I also recognize that when information is delivered all together, it can sometimes feel like a tidal wave. So I would say if you're feeling overwhelmed, let yourself feel your feelings, have some water, stay hydrated, step away from the material if you need to, come back to it when you're in the headspace to be able to uh, be present with yourself and with the work and be able to digest it. I would also say that there are lots of different ways to parse out the information. You could focus on one module at a time. You could focus on one section of one module at a time. You could take notes in ways that work for you, whether that might be handwriting or typing or recording a voice memo of when you read something in the module or you hear someone on video saying something, recording it in your own words as to how you understand it is a way to be able to process the information so that it works best for your brain because we're all individuals and we all learn differently. Um, and we want to honor that when presenting this material. Aliana, something that you just said really resonated with me. You used the analogy of a tidal wave that sometimes when we are receiving new information, it, it can be overwhelming. And a thought that I would love to suggest to Shalom Learning Partners and really anyone who is participating and actively engaging in this DEIB course is that we can take little nuggets um, of information and digest it and allow our ourselves that space to digest this information that may be new for us and find ways to apply that within our classroom communities and within our professional world. After all, DEIB work is an ongoing process of taking in information, applying that in our lives and growing. How did you approach the development of content to ensure um, inclusivity and relevance within the within the e-course? Fabulous question. One of the aspects of the e-course that I and members of the team that worked on it were very intentional about was working with organizations and individuals that are experts in these specific areas. So for example, when I was working on the module that focuses on Jews of color, I worked with Tani Prow, who is the creative director at the Holisham, uh, which is an organization in the Bay Area that focuses on racial diversity and justice within the Jewish population. When I was working on the module on fat Jews, I worked with Rabbi Mina Bromberg, who is the founder of Fat Torah which is an organization that focuses on fat liberation through Jewish lens. I wanted to make sure that I was speaking with experts in the field for two reasons. One is because there are certain identities that I just don't hold. And so I'm not able to uh, speak on those lived experiences. Um, with that, there is the caveat that um, every person from a marginalized identity is just one person. 
So like if you've met one trans person, you've met one trans person and you have one uh, idea of the trans experience. Um, and the second reason why I wanted to do this outreach is because I wanted to uh, make sure that we were getting multiple voices and multiple perspectives, as well as to lift up these incredible organizations that are doing this work. We weren't able to have the chance to work with all of the organizations that uh, do work within each of these areas. Um, but part of our resources is also helping to lift up these organizations so that if you have a question about how do I ensure that I am uh, listening to uh, and raising up the voices of LGBTQ plus people, you can go to Keshet. Um, which is an organization based in Boston. Um, or you can talk with Sfara, or you can talk with Congregation Beit Simchat Torah, um, which is a synagogue in Manhattan that um, has a large LGBTQ plus presence. Um, we wanted to uh, make sure that lots of voices were in this picture um, because lots of voices deserve to be heard within this work. That's phenomenal. And I think it's so interesting that we at Shalom Learning share that same philosophy of collaborating with others in the worlds that are doing the same work, um, that we all have the same end goal in mind to be able to build up, to support educators in, in the world and to tap into the strengths of others in the community that are doing phenomenal work. So I love that both of our organizations share that commonality. And for us specifically at Shalom Learning to, to partner with you at the Jewish Education Project um, in using and and providing access to this e-course, the DEIB e-course. Um, and I've noticed going through the e-course, there's lots of different styles, if you will, in learning. Um, so I've noticed that there's some videos that are in there and then articles that will pop up and then fun images and then like quizzes and, and check yourself sort of uh, references within there. Um, what other or what interactive elements or activities have you incorporated um, in addition to or um, that I haven't mentioned incorporated to enhance the learning experience? Uh, within the e-course totally we've done everything that you mentioned we we uh used videos from uh, outside voices as well as um voices from folks within the jewish education project we've utilized articles from thought experts in these various fields we've used uh checkpoints to uh, see uh if you uh, the taker of this e-course have started to digest the information um we have moments for self-reflection. We have moments to uh, start to consider how you're going to utilize the information that you are processing in your own spaces. Um, and we also have a few areas in the e-course that are living real-time documents and padlets. And that is so that people are able to see what other people are thinking as they reach that area of the e-course. Um, it's really exciting for me to be able to go into those areas every couple of weeks or months and just see what's changed. 
and to see how thoughts continue to evolve. And if someone made a comment three months ago, and then I check back and I see that someone has responded to that comment, it's really cool to know that people are working with and from one another, even though it's all fully anonymous. We also wanted to ensure anonymity so that people are able to share their truths. DEIB work is not always easy. Um, it should not always be easy. Um, but I believe that it has the power to uh, allow for vulnerability. And that vulnerability can sometimes be really scary. So to take away the aspect of putting your name with your comment is something that we were very mindful of. Um, Eliana, you mentioned one um, tech tool that happens to be one of my favorite tech tools, but I'm not sure if um, everyone listening today knows what Padlet is. Do you think you uh, could like quickly like summarize and like a third there, like what Padlet is? Yes, absolutely. Padlet yeah. is a web-based tool for people to be able to add to in real time um, with multiple voices being heard at once. So uh, you might use a Padlet if you are working with your learners and you want to ask the question, what does Shabbat mean to you? And if you're on Zoom or even if you're in a classroom and you have uh, technological devices, whether those are tablets or laptops or phones, your learners are able to go into this one Padlet and every person can individually put in their own responses to what does Shabbat mean to, mean to me. And you can see how there are some similarities and there are some differences um, from various thought processes. It's a really cool way to be able to see the individuality in a communal setting in real time. Sounds like a almost like a virtual like bulletin board or like chat room. Yeah, um, it's like, yeah, I if if we were to think about it from uh, um a uh, non-tech perspective, um, I think a bulletin board is is a great thought process. Or like if you have a question up on the whiteboard and you want everyone to go up and write their own answers, um, this is basically just a digital version of that. Thank you for for letting our listeners know what that is. Um, they aren't familiar. What about what are some challenges you encountered um, during the creation of eCourse, uh, particular? particularly in addressing DIB topics? Mm, that's a really good question. The first thought that comes to my mind is that there's so much information and there's so much important information. So figuring out what belongs in this e-course, which is designed to be uh, an entry level 101 um, information um, uh, setting was something that I don't necessarily know if it was difficult. It just took a lot of intentionality to figure out what belongs in this specific version of the e-course. Um, I would also say that ensuring that multiple voices are heard um, while also being mindful of people's lived experiences um, is important. So an example of that would be for the module on fat Jews. For many people, the word fat has a really negative connotation, right? And yeah. that is not a bad word. It's not a dirty word. It is a descriptor that some people may use to self-identify. There are some people who uh, don't like that word, even if others may use it to describe them. Um, so when we were designing that specific module, we were very intentional about saying that every person has the right to self-define 
And while this information is really important to share, that does not mean that we should start going around and saying, oh, you're fat. Because that, for one, we just shouldn't comment on other people's bodies. Um, but also ensuring that we, as the creative team, were learning more about our own internal biases uh, was necessary in order to do this work. Um, so uh, ensuring that if anyone internally had a question about any of the areas in this e-course, we wanted to make sure that we could answer them and we had conversations about them so that when we gave this information to uh, anyone who wanted to take this e-course, we could confidently say, this is why we chose this language or this is why we used this article. Um, because having those changes in thought can be really hard. Um, and if you are listening to this and you have taken the course or you want to take the course, um, just know that even for me as someone who specializes in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging work, I still have my own implicit biases that I'm working on. Um, and very briefly, an implicit bias is when someone has an unintentional or unconscious thought process that disvalues or disenfranchises a marginalized group. Um, so uh, an example of an implicit bias for me as a white person might be if I see a black person on the street who may be experiencing homelessness and thinking to myself, oh, I feel pity for them or, oh, why are they here? Um, I need to ask myself, am I asking this because they are experiencing homelessness? Am I asking this to myself because they're black? Is it potentially because of both of those factors, which relates to a term called intersectionality, which was coined by Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw in the 1980s. Um, Dr. Crenshaw is a black woman, and she has a lot of great information on intersectionality that we don't have time to talk about right now, but I highly recommend it. Um, Long-winded way of saying a uh, difficult aspect was doing the hard work for myself to make sure that I was making the work as objective and as affirming as possible. Amazing answer. Thank you so much, Eliana. Now, you mentioned that the e-course is really intended to be um, a foundational course or more of the like introductory 1.0 course. Specifically, our Shalom Learning Partners are utilizing the e-course um, to establish a foundation upon which we will build upon and explore through our professional development series through our collaborations with organizations such as Keshet and with Matan. I'm going to put you on the spot for a moment. Any chance that there is a 2.0 in the work? That is a fabulous question. It is something that I've been toying around with. Um, I would love to make some resources that dive a bit deeper into DEIB work. Um, Something that I have been thinking a lot about is the balance between deepening the work and expanding upon the entry-level work. The e-course is, excuse me, the e-course is um, going to have three additional modules coming out in uh, probably the first or second quarter, as I said, of 2024, uh, focusing on Sephardic and Mizrahi Judaism focusing on people who convert to Judaism and focusing on socioeconomic diversity and justice. And as we continue to build out more modules for this version of the e-course, I have started to think about 
what ties all of these together? What happens if someone is starting to think about, okay, well, we have a learner in our school who uses a mobility aid and is also transgender. So how do I start to think about making sure that our handicapped bathroom is also accessible to people who might be gender diverse? Um, I, sorry, I should have said um, an accessible bathroom. Um, so yes, it is something that we're thinking about. Um, if there is lots of interest, we'll definitely push it to the forefront. Um, but we do also have other resources beyond the e-course. Uh, we're currently uh, hosting a once a month webinar series that focuses on the first five original modules of our e-course. The reason that I wanted to launch this webinar series was to provide a synchronous virtual space for people to be able to talk with one another. Um, because the e-course is fully asynchronous, there's not a lot of room for conversation outside of those real-time padlets. So I wanted to give space for people to discuss and to continue to deepen their learning. So um, our next webinar is actually happening on Wednesday, November 15th, uh, which at the time of recording this is tomorrow. Um, yeah. But uh, it's on Affirming Jews of Color, and I'm working with two fabulous Jews of Color, uh, Jimmy Maxner, who is at uh, Hannah Senesh in Brooklyn, New York, uh, and uses she, her pronouns, and Is Perlman, who uses they, them pronouns, and um, is an intern at Keshet. And um, we are continuing to think about ensuring that the DEIB work does not stop at the 101 level. And... The DEIB work can take a lot of time to process at the one-on-one level as well. So just balancing those two factors. I love that you have that additional webinar series so that we can help foster a sense of community um, yeah. and connection among the participants and encouraging that dialogue and discussion. Uh, have you have you witnessed any particular impactful conversations uh, within within the course community so far? Hmm. It's a beautiful question. Yeah. When I look back on some of the uh, data collected from surveys of those that have taken the e-course, there is a lot of dialogue around, I didn't know this, or I learned more about that, or I've never considered this in my space. Um, it's really cool to know that something that we have created is able to have such a wide and deep impact on so many different communities, especially ones that I've never even seen or heard of. Um, because the e-course is able to be taken anywhere, um, we've had people from across the country take it, um, uh, which is awesome. And knowing that this e-course is helping so many communities deepen their understanding or begin to understand DEIB is really, uh, with as little ego as possible, it's really gratifying. What advice would you give to individuals or to organizations um, that are looking to create their own DEIB? focused educational content um, within their synagogue, within their communities? Uh, what advice would you give them? It's a really good question. In no particular order, I would say uh, be kind with yourself and with others. 
this work, um, as I've said multiple times at this point, uh, is not always the easiest, but um, it is deeply important. I would also say that just because you may not have a certain identity group in your space does not mean that those in your space should not learn more about that identity group. Um, if we build it, they will come, you know? I would also say to uh, listen to those that already have their voices in the field that are members of the different marginalized groups that you want to learn more about. Um, and listening to multiple voices as well. Um, I think trial and error is also totally appropriate and very human. Uh, we're not supposed to get anything perfect on the first try. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I would also say to think about how you want to present this information uh, to various age groups. Um, the way that I uh, would teach about um, interfaith families might be different to a group of 10th graders than to a group of first graders. Um, or the way that I might teach about uh, racism within various Jewish communities, again, would be different from age group to age group. And then I think finally, I would say that it is okay to ask questions. We're not supposed to have all of the answers and being in community with one another and fostering belonging to do this work creates belonging. So it's like yeah. this beautiful um, infinity symbol is where my brain is going. Um, it, it has the opportunity and the power to become self-motivated, which is really cool. I think that's great. And I think those that the way you you organize that response, I think would be really helpful for our partners and for their communities. Uh, in being able to to break this down into, I think, more digestible parts of like how how they can create um, this focus, uh, incorporate this into their communities and their synagogue, into their school communities, the communities they work and they live in. Are there are there any key lessons you've learned um, that you would like to share with others in this space? Ooh. Um, it's okay to be wrong. It is so okay to be wrong. Um, uh, again, it's okay to ask questions. Um, it is okay. And I think that it is really important to allow uncomfortable feelings to arise if they do. And to ask yourself without judgment, where is this feeling coming from? Um, as I have done this work over the years that I have been focusing on it, I have had to, I have had the opportunity to have a lot of really important and hard conversations with myself and with others. And I use the word opportunity very uh, intentionally because it is very easy to ignore this work. It is really, really easy to say, well, you know what? I don't have to work on this because my life has been fine just the way that it has been for as long as I've been doing it. And while that may be true in part, I wonder about what would happen or what would have happened if when those hard feelings came up, we gave ourselves the space to say, oh, I don't like this. And I'm going to try and find out why. Um, to be able to push those feelings aside is a privilege because there are people that aren't able to escape it. So like I, as a white person, I don't 
have to, quote unquote, think about the uh, struggles that people of color face in the world, right? Because I don't, I don't directly face it. As a trans person, I do face it quite often because I live it. As Jewish people, we might face anti-Semitism in various forms. And that is so hard. Yeah. But I think that the final piece of advice that I would say is to uh, rely on your community and rely on trusted friends and family and loved ones to be able to be in conversation with. These topics don't exist in a vacuum. We all hold multiplicities and we all contain multitudes. And when we put those multitudes together, it creates a lot of really tiny universes. Universe sign? I don't know if there's a plural to universes. Universes plural. I'm going on a tangent. My point is, is that having conversations with others is a really, really valuable way to go about this work. Um, so have the conversations, even if they're hard, and uh, have the conversations when you feel ready. Um, my brain just went to a really silly metaphor that I'm going to end on. Um, yeah. You open an unripe banana if it wasn't ready. So when you are ready, open the banana. That That's a weird way to end this. But um, I like that. I like that though. I need more potassium in my diet. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I would say that is that's the advice that I would give. I love that. Eliana, any other final thoughts or anything else that I didn't ask that I should have asked you or anything else additionally you'd like to add? One other thing that I'll say about resources is that it can be a lot to go on to a search engine and type in DEI resources and then so many things pop up and not a lot of them are inherently Jewish. If you go to the Jewish Education Project's educator portal, which is educator.jewishedproject.org, we have a lot of resources that are both created internally as well as outsourced from various expert organizations and thought partners that focus explicitly, specifically, and intentionally on DEIB work. You can also uh, specify what within DEIB work you're looking for. So if you want information on racial equity and justice, or if you want information on LGBTQ plus advocacy, you can search through and we have a lot for you to explore. That is amazing. I'll make sure that we link uh, that and the resources and all these phenomenal resources from the Jewish Education Project. Eliana, thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, you're you're doing phenomenal work and important work, and I I really appreciate all of your your time today. Um, this has been an incredible, incredible conversation. And I know that our podcast listeners are really going to appreciate all of this information. I'm going to make sure that um, I include the link again for our Shalom Learning Partner so that they can, if they haven't already done so, that they can um, enroll and start taking uh, the uh, DEIB e-course uh, through a Jewish education project. And even if you are not a Shalom Learning Partner, I have a separate link that y'all can click on and you can um, start this work, um, this really important work. Eliana, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you, Shira. I'm so happy to be in conversation with you. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Shalom Learning's Educate and Elevate. Interested in signing up for the Jewish Education Project's DEIE course? Visit our website, shalomlearning.org, and click on the Professional Development tab to enroll in the e-course and to sign up for our engaging professional development sessions. Our first session, in partnership with Cashette, is called Introduction to LGBTQ+, Equality and Belonging in the Classroom. This session will take place on December 7th at 1 p.m. Eastern. The second session, also in partnership with Cashette, is entitled Deepening Educator Strategies for LGBTQ+, Equality and Belonging. This session will take place on December 14th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Registration and additional session information can be found on the Shalom Learning website. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. And again, visit our website at shalomlearning.org for additional resources. Until next time, keep inspiring, keep learning, and keep making a difference.